tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! What I'm looking at here. Hello and welcome to an all-new UFC on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Daria Baronado, and we're here with Mr. J Tan today. But ex-nay on George Hermose. Mm, yep, George, we're, we're flying duo as we're opposed to tr- trio today. Yep. Um, so let's get the pro wrestling reference out of the way here, oh, gosh. guys. Yeah, just we'll get this thing done quickly. Fabulous Freebirds. It's only uh, Terry Bam Bam Gordy and uh, Daria P.S which stands for Purely Sexy, Hayes. So it's Hayes and Gordy today. Uh, the third leg, uh, Buddy Hermosa Roberts is out. Um, go research Fabulous Freebirds. It was the trio. They would sometimes they would decide who in tag teams, which two out of three were going to fight. And so uh, we are essentially the Fabulous Freebirds today. We were chosen. Yeah, we chose ourselves. We chose ourselves. Because, uh. We opted Jorge out today. Yeah, yeah. Jorge, okay. Jorge Hermosa Roberts is, uh, is out doing his thing. All so. Right. Yeah. Well. P.S. and Bam Bam holding it down. P.S. and Bam Bam. <laughs> I like it. It sounds good. Um, UFC Fight Night 62 also sounded pretty good. Maya versus LaFlair, uh, delivered in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil last night. Um, let's start off. You want to go over the results and then we'll talk about some of the good ones? Yeah. There yeah. was tons of action on this card. Um, the undercard delivered just as well as the main. We have four performance bonuses, but no fight of the night again. Uh, and we also have quite a questionable referee call. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But let's start from the bottom. We have Bentley, uh, Dr. Bolivia Siler versus Freddie El Profe Serrano. Uh, Bentley was actually a teammate of mine, American top team. But unfortunately, he got KO'd in the round three after a pretty pretty entertaining fight. Uh, next you weren't up, there to help train with him. What? Because you weren't there to help train with I, him. I, that's probably what it was. I mean, I'm just the same size as his opponent. He wouldn't I have had that problem with perfect... Systems Training Center. Yep, sure. <laughs> uh, next on the fight card, ironically, is my current training partner and, and teammate. Uh, not Jorge, but Jorge de Oliveira faced off against Christos the Spartan Yagos, who is also been on our show. That's right. We gave him some after buzz luck, uh I think. The buzz rub continues I think to roll, right? Rub continues to work. <laughs> um he defeated Christos defeated Jorge uh in round one via rear naked choke. Flawless victory. Amazing double leg takedown into that rear naked. That was an excellent performance. Very very good performance. If there were to be a couple more bonuses, I'm sure he would have gotten one. Then we had Leandro Mafra versus Kane Cariasso. Mafra defeated Cariasso via unanimous decision. 30-26, Uh Next, another Leandro. Leandro Silva this time versus Drew Dober. This is the one with some controversy. Um, mm-hmm. Silva, I guess you could say, defeated Dober via guillotine in round two. Um, what happened was the referee pulled Silva off of Dober while Dober off of Silva. Dober off of Silva while Dober was in the midst of escaping the guillotine. Um I guess he thought he saw some sort of tap or he thought that Dober fell asleep there. Yeah, you know, he hasn't 
he hasn't uh, come out and spoken publicly, and I really doubt that we will hear from uh, the referee. Yeah. Uh, Eduardo Hurdy is his name, mm-hmm. who himself apparently has a uh, is is a fighter, a former fighter, two and zero record. Mm-hmm. Um, he so the to set the the setting, um, I believe he was in um, half guard. Silva, yeah, yeah, yeah. Silva had uh, had a guillotine on Dober. Uh, from bottom, mm-hmm. Dober was essentially in was in half guard half or guard. was a side position. No, he's in half guard. Okay, half guard to the side. Yeah, he was safe. He was on the other side of. He was uh, on top of him in half guard. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But he was pretty safe from. Uh, it, it, he didn't really. Uh, Silva didn't really have the choke uh, in or anything. No, and and the commentators even say it. They're like, oh, this. He's not going to lock it up tight. He's on the wrong side. Yeah, he was on the far side. Right. from where his his head was, but apparently it was enough. To I guess I remember seeing uh, the referee grab Dober's arm that was on the on the far, the head side um, and and shake it a little bit but not even really much and this was right around it, almost exactly at the same moment that Dober popped his head out completely from out under the guillotine. the guillotine right yeah um, but Eduardo Hurdy as soon as he grabbed uh, grabbed Dober's arm. He called off uh, called off the match itself. Just to let you guys know, when you grab the arm there as a referee, you're kind of checking to see if they're still awake. If there's any movement, yeah, move, yeah, movement and conscious. Because he wasn't, there wasn't any uh, visual eye line to see Dober's hands to see if he was tapping, right? And there wasn't a tap when later on when they played uh, different camera angles, there wasn't. Either there wasn't a tap, there definitely wasn't a tap. There definitely wasn't a tap. Um, no, yeah, and I didn't see a tap to begin with. I didn't even see a. a, a a reason to stop it. I mean, yeah. I'm very, very confused. I think it was one of those things where he committed to it and he had to do it now. Because yeah. once you stop a fight, you, you stop a fight. There's no turning back. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to talk to Big John McCarthy or Herb Dean about that. Uh, <laughs> to our, or Michael Bell, three of our previous guests that are all referees yeah. and judges. Because um, you, you can't undo it. So at that point, I think he had to follow through with it. I'm sure he knew it was, it was a bad call at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, sure, soon after when he saw the video, he had to have known... You know what amazes me too is that he continued to ref the show after that. He did at least two other fights, right? And um, you know, in, in a situation like that, I just I, I'm amazed, frankly, that the that the Brazilians didn't boo him out of the arena. Yeah. Um, because that was there's a lot of uh, a lot of calls in MMA history where you just got to stick to your guns, and what you saw is what you saw. Um, yeah. You know, one that comes to mind was. Uh, who am I thinking of? Um, Uriah Faber versus uh, it was Herb Dean uh, when he um, he was refing Uriah Faber versus Henan Barrow, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he felt that you know it, Faber was taking a lot of shots to the head, and he and he called it uh-huh. uh, giving um, Barrow the TKO win. Mm-hmm. That's one thing when you're just when you're determining whether a fighter is is still in the game or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, in this scenario, Herdy has his hand. On Dober, he was feeling to, de- to determine whether uh, whether Dober was still in it or not, and clearly he wasn't passed out at all because um, he popped his head up and immediately started arguing. Wide awake, and, yeah. yeah, and Dober immediately, like once he kind of acknowledged to the ref, "Hey, dude, I'm totally fine," and the ref didn't. I, I don't know if there was some miscommunication. There was a pause there. Dober immediately goes back into gable grip, you know, and tries to continue the match. Um, yeah, like- but and the referee continued to you know wave the hands and stop it, but. 
you know, Herb Dean and the, in the Faber Barrow, that's a judgment call that the referee is in the best position to determine. And it's a debatable judgment call. It's, it's, a, it's, it's debatable. A, it's a matter of fact and, and opinion in the cage. Yeah. Whereas, but it's not so blatant like this one was. Exactly. I mean, this, guys, go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, it's on the undercard. Leandro Silva versus Drew Dober. Yeah. It's, it's very apparent that Drew Dober was not finished by any means. And Dana White po- uh, pointed out in the post fight press conference, had Dober gotten out like he seemed to have been on his way to do towards the end, he would have been in a dominant position in, in the half guard from the top. Yeah, that, so. it could have possibly changed things at that moment. I had Silva winning uh, the first round and, and pretty much winning most of that round as well, you know, with mm-hmm. the guillotine choke. Um, but Dober was was going to end up in, in a half guard and, and possibly side control position. Yeah, either way, I mean, it doesn't. who's winning at the beginning of the fight doesn't really matter at this point. I think he needs to, Drew Dober needs to get on his attorneys and try to get that overturned to a no contest mm-hmm. or whatever they can do with it. Um, Dana White recommended he do the same. And possibly a rematch, maybe just overturn it and move mm-hmm. on with your career, whatever it is. But it, it was definitely unfair for him. So we're sorry, Drew Dober. We would like to see a fight again soon, though. Uh, next on the card, we have... Well, he has two names. Ed Milson, <laughs> Kevin Sosa uh, versus... Ka- oh, I'm going to butcher Katsunori this. Kukuno. Katsunori Kukuno. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sosa won via KO in round one. That was a beautiful knockout. Uh, next, we had Francisco Trinaldo versus Akbara. Akbar Areola. Areola. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trinaldo wins via unanimous decision, 30-27 all around. Getting on to our main card, we had... Godfredo Pepe versus Andre Touchy Feely. That's funny. Uh, Pepe won via triangle in round one. And that Herdy. was the one, in fact, I'm, in my notes here, that's the first one that uh, Herdy, Eduardo Herdy came back and, and, and refereed after that. Uh, thankfully, that one was cut and dry. Uh, yeah. It was a clear tap in that triangle choke, a flying triangle nonetheless. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that one in a minute. Let me finish the results. Uh, then we had Gilbert Burns versus Alex the Cowboy Oliveira. Um, Burns won via armbar in round one. Or round two, I'm sorry. Three. Round three? Mm-hmm. Oh, three. Round three. Uh, Amanda, the Lioness Nunez versus Shayna, the Queen of Spades, Baszler. Nunez wins via TKO in round one. Uh, Leonardo Santos versus Tony Martin. Santos wins via rear naked choke in round two. Eric Silva versus Josh Koscheck. The second time seeing Josh Koscheck in 21 days. Uh, Silva wins via guillotine in round one. And, of course, our main event of the evening, the welterweights, Damian Maya versus Ryan LaFleur. Maya winning via 48-46 all around. We'll talk Unanimous about why, decision. Yeah. why that score was, was what it was <clears throat> when we get to it. So let's start from the bottom. Godfredo Pepe versus Andre Touchy-Feely. Wow, 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 flying triangle. Right? Yeah. They were up against the cage. Uh, Godfredo Pepe had Touchy-Feely up, or vice versa. Feely had Pepe up against the cage, mm-hmm. and Pepe was kind of quartered. I was like, oh no, what's going to happen? He lunges those long legs up, gets the triangle, and after a couple minutes of working it on the ground, finally gets the tap. It reminded me a lot of um, Matt Hughes and Carlos Newton yes. and that famous slam uh-huh. uh, footage. Of course, this went a lot better for, for the person <laughs> in triangle yes. position there. Um, Godofredo Pepe is having a great... Uh, a, a great run right now mm-hmm. with the UFC. Three-time performance bonus guy. Mm-hmm. Always brings a great fight. He, We first saw him in the inaugural season of Ultimate Fighter Brazil several years ago. Uh, he was the runner-up. Um, was one of the more uh, more recognizable names and faces to come out of that show. You know, and, and has had a good career for it. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked fantastic here. He has those long, strong legs. And mm-hmm. when once he got... Uh, 
uh, touchy-feely wrapped up in that triangle. There mm-hmm. was no getting out. I mean, he was even posturing in the triangle, and uh, Pepe was keeping mm-hmm. him locked down so simply. And his problem was he was trying to get that right arm across his chest so that right. it would cut off that artery. Mm-hmm. He couldn't. Uh, he eventually did, obviously, but he really finished the triangle. He didn't even need that arm. He got a hold of the crown of the head and mm-hmm. really pulled it down, yeah. which secured that neckline choke. It impressed me that uh, he was so composed as he had that triangle because yeah. he had it on for a while. Mm-hmm. He wasn't getting that arm over, and I was thinking, dude, you know, at some point you're going to give up because you don't want to wear out your legs. Exactly. But he was able to uh, to adjust and, uh, and and secure it. So definitely. And de- depending on, I've had many circumstances in various jiu-jitsu tournaments. Depending on, you know, your adrenaline and how your cardio is and how how uh, your blood's flowing in the fight or in the competition. Being in a triangle for that long is really rough on those legs. And mm-hmm. it, there becomes a point, especially in MMA, where you're like, okay, I need to be able to fight after this if I don't finish him. So right. he had to make that hard decision. Am I going to keep going for it or do yeah. I need to let this go? And it was early in the first round, which means that if you don't get it, yeah. you're looking at 10 to 12 minutes of... Uh, fight time of, you still have of, left. Yeah, yeah. And, and agony having to having mm-hmm. to stand on those two... Uh, those two t- <laughs> toothpicks there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I agree. But congratulations. Amazing victory. Uh, next, we have Gilbert Burns versus Alex Oliveira. Uh, Gilbert Burns, this is his second UFC fight. Uh, Alex Oliveira making his debut. Mm-hmm. Um, a 77-inch reach. He has very long arms. Right. Oliveira, Compared to, I think, like 61, was it? For, was it that uh, big of a difference? I'm sure it was. Let's see if we've got it here. These are fantastic notes that they provided us. Uh on the UFC The portal. UFC media board. Yep. Yeah. We got the hookup, guys. Thanks, Check guys. Check this out. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Mafra Kane. Oh, I got to jump ahead a little bit here. Um, it was a great... Uh, the match itself, I thought, was a lot of fun. It was. Because um, Burns was not really having much success the first two... Uh, um, the first two rounds, right, and then coming back to uh, to secure the win, you know, there wasn't really. I think um, Dana White and the, the the powers that make the decisions were right in saying there really wasn't a fight of the night um, on this show. Right. But if you had to pick one, this would probably be the one with the most compelling storyline because uh, Burns was down pretty uh, pretty significantly mm-hmm. going into the third round, um, but you know he he found something and, and was able to turn things around here. Um, seventy. That is reach there. You know what? It doesn't. Oh no! It does have the reach. Uh, well, seventy-one inches to Alex Oliveira's seventy-six inches. So only five inches uh, of reach there. Seventy-one to seventy-six. Is that yeah. what it says? Still um, significant. But he uh, Oliveira. Yeah, first time that we've seen him. Of course, his nickname is Cowboy, Cowboy. which you know, kind of ironic in that it's that's the second Cowboy we have in the yes. lightweight division, and it's strangely enough he for whatever whatever it was his posture and his fight stance in some ways reminded me a lot of our our guy mr cerrone yeah he, i think he has a similar build to cerrone too kind Maybe of that's that what taller it was. Yeah. still kind of muscular but lean yeah. guy that I, that hunched posture a little bit with the shoulders nice kick yeah yeah I, kind I, of I, I lanky and lean uh-huh. jumping around a lot um, a lot of movement just yeah. like cerrone his hands were a bit lower than cerrone's typically are uh-huh. um cerrone uh, you know keeps his hands up pretty pretty high and, and fundamental but uh um, Oliveira had a very interesting uh, stance and, and he movement. He was wild and aggressive, mm-hmm. and he kept his hands low. Like you said, he was swinging some haymakers from the waist, but yeah. All, and then he would go up and you know throw clean ones down the pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe even a little bit Nate Diaz too. A little bit, yeah. Right? A little of the taunting kind of uh, mentality. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but Gilbert Burns seemed to have such trouble dealing with that reach difference. Yes. Even even if it was five inches, six inches, whatever it was, he's built so differently than Oliveira. So uh-huh. I think he was having a really hard time finding that distance and getting in. And I think he would think he had the distance, throw a haymaker, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, five, six inches away yeah. still. So he was having a really hard time getting in. Um, I think he was hunting for that takedown the whole time, which rightfully so. He's an amazing jiu-jitsu practitioner. Mm-hmm. He's a Vitor Belfort's. Three- jiu-jitsu coach yeah yeah he's with the black zillions three-time world uh, bjj champion um or at least medalist i believe right and once Um, he got him to the ground mm -hmm. that was it that was it was over and he uh obviously finished him uh via armbar from mount we don't see those too much in mma i mean it's obviously a common submission we all learn it but Mm -hmm. um a lot of time it's hard to get that armbar from mount except Mm -hmm. unless you're ronda rousey of course (laughs) um then you get the armbar from wherever the hell you you want from wherever the hell you want to (laughs) including the next street over yeah yeah right (laughs) um he was fighting for he had an umaplata for a long time and he it looks like sticking with that position huh right and he was uh his opponent Oliveira was turning and turning out of it and rolling out of it and you're like oh he's out oh no he's not oh he's out no he's not great positioning um Mm -hmm. for the for the guys that that, that don't uh, that don't know or, or listening to uh, listen to us on iTunes, uh, an omoplata. How do you describe it? It's a shoulder it's a lock. Shoulder lock. Yeah. With your legs wrapped around the guy's shoulder arm. Yeah, his yeah. shoulder and arm, mm-hmm. kind of in a kimura position, almost like taking the back of the arm and, and wrenching it uh, in, into the, the fist into the guy's back. Yes. Right. Which the torque is on the shoulder itself. Yes. And, you know, it, it's a hard thing to, to pull off. You really got to be in the right position on the ground and really your butt sitting next to a guy on his, your opponent who should be laying on his stomach. I mean, yeah. I know there's other ways to set it up. He's on all fours usually. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a tough one to, to cinch in, really. The, the reason why it's tough, Jay, is because a lot of guys can limp arm out of it. Right. That's usually the escape. You limp uh-huh. arm out. Cause and, and that means you just pull the arm out. It, it means you let your arm literally go limp uh-huh. and you slide it out. Uh-huh. It's it's like, uh, I guess it's like a wrestling technique, right. jiu-jitsu, whatever. But um, it's letting your arm go limp and you can kind of slip it right out because right. it's a really hard position to get because you're not tight on the guy the whole time mm-hmm. while you're getting it. Right. You have to have some space so you can get it under there. Mm-hmm. So it's very, um, you know, low high risk low reward move in the sense that I don't see it pulled off a lot right beautiful attempt by Gilbert Burns all he needed was to get that hand of his opponent that was Mm kind of tucked under his own waist if he would have gotten that hand out and been able to crank it it would have been over that torque would have done it but it was stuck you saw him looking at his corner men which was so funny he looked at him for a good five seconds like what do I do (laughs) you know obviously he knows what to do he's a genius Uh, he's a black belt I think he's like a fourth degree black belt Um, yeah so he obviously knew what he had to do, but he couldn't do it. Couldn't figure out how to get the the next a- right. angle or set up. But he ended up transitioning yeah. beautifully into that armbar. You know, I, I was just impressed with the way having that uh, the the umaplata on and then rolling through. Yeah, clearly um, Oliveira knew how to escape it and was rolling through uh, on the ground. You know, a little bit not quite somersault, but um, you know, trying to get out of it and 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 Burns was just sticking with it. Now, yeah. I, Suppose that's something to be expected from a guy Absolutely. of Burns' pedigree. He really had it locked in tight. So yeah, yeah. kudos to you, Gilbert Burns. Another flawless victory in I had, UFC. I had, you know, Oliveira winning the first two rounds. Oh, for going sure. into that one, that was the one where you know the guy losing really turned it around. I like those. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. We like those warrior matches, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it shows a lot of heart and it shows, uh, you know, that you keep your head in the game even yeah. through, you know, that defeat to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Yeah. Um, next we had an interesting fight at, in the bantamweight division for the females. We had Amanda the Lioness Nunez versus Shayna the Queen of Spades Baszler. Um, Shayna Baszler, for those of you who don't know, is a pioneer in women's MMA. She yeah. kind of, like Jay says it, you want to say it? The sport uh, passed her by? Before. Well, I, I think we've seen... Yeah, Shayna has, has been around women's MMA for quite a long time, guys. Um, fighting in Japan, fighting... Um, it's funny. I want to say Elite XC, which to me was not really that long ago. But when you think about it, they were around 2007, eight. Right. That's uh, not quite 10 years, but what, five? Seven, eight years now. Seven, eight years now. Yeah. Which is a lifetime, obviously, in this sport. And even by that point, when she was competing in Elite XC, um, she was very much a veteran. She's trained with Josh Barnett for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Rhonda came up, um, I, I don't even know ex- exactly uh, how they all met per se. Oh, she was on the she was on her team for Ultimate, Ultimate Fighter, Fighter, correct? Yeah. Right, right, right. And her and Jessamyn Duke, they all hit it off. Yeah, along with uh, Marina Shafir, and mm-hmm. so and they they were roommates. I think they I don't know if they still are. Right. But at one point, the four of those girls lived in a house in Venice Beach. Yeah. And they all yeah. trained together to a certain extent. After the show, obviously they were, you know, roommates and best friends and mm-hmm. there became this whole gimmick about uh the four horsewomen yep. based on the horsemen of uh pro wrestling. And uh, and this all came from Baszler herself, who's a longtime wrestling fan. Yeah. And um all those ladies are huge, huge pro wrestling fans. I think yeah, they've certainly become since then. I know Rhonda you know? loves herself some wrestling. Right, yeah. And and same with Jessamine and, and mm-hmm. Marina, yeah. Um, but so the thing is, though, um, since that time, I mean, this happened a year ago. I mean, it's really we've been talking about this. Uh, you know, the horsewoman was a was a topic when we first started this show. Yeah, and it's a um, it's a very relevant topic now, not only because of the Shayna Baszler fight, but now the Betch Cohea fight being mm-hmm. booked against Ronda Rousey, which we'll talk about in a minute. Sure. Uh, part of the hype for that was Betch Cohea saying she beat two of the four horsewomen, mm-hmm. being yeah. Jessamine Duke and Shayna Baszler. Yeah, she wanted the third. Um. But what's interesting, though, unfortunately, just the the women, the horse women on a whole, didn't have the best year last year, and I think that's where the right. the, the gimmick, if you will, kind of uh, stops. Unfortunately, Ronda, of course, is is dominant and having the time of her life right now of her career. Mm-hmm. Um, not the case uh, so for uh, Marina Shafir, who lost by TKO uh, sometime middle last year. I want to say, yeah. Um, Shayna Baszler, this was her third, I believe. Third in a row. Third loss. Um, and Jessamine Duke as well. Second, two losses so two far. Two losses in a row, yeah. yeah. So at any point, you know, this is, uh, reality is, is kind of knocking on the door for a lot of these ladies. Right. Um, not to say that things can't be turned around, but Amanda Nunes came out and, and really was, uh, was in control. She she owned that, that cage, you know, for that round. Now, I don't know if it was Amanda Nunes's uh, kind of, posture and composure when she first mm-hmm. went into the cage that intimidated Shayna Baszler or if it was a hit that hit Shayna Baszler that intimidated her but I saw a change in her pot in her demeanor and her face uh in, in that Shana's. first round in Shayna's face mm-hmm. in that first round that just said oh god oh yeah. god uh, of course she's a veteran she she she's been through some tough fights but mm-hmm. I think there was something in this fight that just said I, I might not belong here, or this this is going to be a tough one. She didn't necessarily look in the zone. I'll give yeah, you that for yeah. sure. And when uh, you know it started out, um, 
pretty slow. You know, Nunez was throwing shots. Baszler wasn't answering them. And at a certain, what was it, 156, so just under two minutes, mm-hmm. um, Nunez lands that, uh, that strike to the, the leg kick to the side of the knee. And Baszler goes down and immediately knows that, you know, she's injured. She turtles up. Yeah, uh, it was Nunez a lands, I think, a couple, couple uh, hammer fists or something, and Mario Yamazaki jumps in. But had it not ended that way, I think it would have ended via TKO or down yeah. the same path because... Uh, there was a couple times in those first two minutes that Amanda Nunes rocked Shayna mm-hmm. Baszler. I mean, Shayna's head snapped back, and yeah. it looked like she was stunned. So yeah. uh, I think it was going that way anyway. Amanda Nunes is a girl. She looks amazing. Mm-hmm. She called out. She said she wants a rematch against Katz and Gano. In she's the... not ranked, is she? No, she's. I don't believe so. Um, but she she's on her way up. She's definitely mm-hmm. a contender in that 135-pound division. Um, she fought Kat Zingano. She lost, but she said she wants a rematch. She said she wasn't herself that day in the cage when she mm-hmm. fought Kat. And, and um, that would be an interesting fight. I'd like to see that rematch again. You know, when we talked a couple of weeks ago about needing to, to build up other other women or give them their opportunity, uh-huh. below, like, you know, ranked five or below, mm-hmm. this, I think, is, is, a, is a fair case in point um, that – in some ways, fills uh, serves both masters. Mm-hmm. Zingano, if she wants to come back, she needs a win. And Nunez is somebody that she's got a win over. Yeah. Nunez wants revenge. Nunez to Zingano. Now, that's quite a jump when you're talking about the rankings. You know, somebody that's probably number uh, two or three in mm-hmm. Zingano. Um now uh you know now taking on somebody that's that's not ranked right it's either that's not you know it's mm -hmm. not completely unrealistic either you can give her one more and then maybe give her to zingano or you can give her zingano we've seen it done before certainly um yeah but a good point to argue is that dana white obviously sees something in this bantamweight division he obviously doesn't think that um that there's nobody left he knows Mm -hmm. there's these hard contenders down there maybe in the bottom of the division that Mm -hmm. people haven't seen yet because Mm -hmm. uh you know, we originally talked about it on the show a couple of weeks ago. You didn't think that Rousey was going to book a fight in the next year, or at there least for a year. <laughs> and, no, I'm not trying to argue. I'm not trying to argue. But I, I was surprised, too. Yeah. He, he booked her, uh, I think, I guess it's like six months later. About five months. About yeah, five yeah, months we're looking later. at five months. And I was surprised as well. I did not think he was going to throw her back in there that quick. Due to the fact mm-hmm. that after she beats Besh, who was left? But that's the point I'm arguing. I think mm-hmm. Dana might have some faith in this division and think that there, you know, is somebody else out there or yeah. many girls for that matter. I, I think we all can agree that, you know, women's fighting is just as valid and exciting as men's fighting. Mm-hmm. And so to that end, obviously, the UFC wants to have women's divisions, plural, in there. Right. Um, I was surprised that. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised that Ronda got booked so fast. The argument that we were having, obviously, was that if if she was going to fight in the spring, right, who would she months. fight? And that's that, that was my my bone of contention. Right. But um, you know, and to that end, also, I was saying that we should try and build up, or I'd like to see some of the other women built up before to, you give Ronda a fight. Yeah, before yeah. you bring Ronda back. Right. With Betch, look, Ronda being the company girl that she is, obviously, you could justify doing almost everything that she wants. You know, what Rhonda wants, right. Rhonda gets. Why? Because Rhonda does what she does. That's fair. There's some people exactly. that are worth uh, worth working with a little bit more so than others. Absolutely. Who are not such company people. Um, so in that respect, you know, we, the it sounds like the storyline of Betch beating 
uh, Rhonda's two friends and making it personal was mm-hmm. enough to piss off Rhonda and and go ahead and book that fight. Right, that, that makes sense. I, I get there's that. There's plenty of storyline and there's and there's plenty of animosity and that's yeah. what people love to see. That's going to be fans. the sizzle. Yeah, that's yep. going to be the sizzle. That's you know they've already had their stare off and it is it is mean. There is tension. You can cut it. You yeah. can't cut it with a butter knife. You need a steak knife for that baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is bad. Hattori Hanzo swords. Yeah, but uh, Ronda Rousey's coach uh, Edmund Traverio tweeted or Instagrammed, I believe, mm-hmm. a picture of the face-off and said, oh, baby, I can't wait for this yeah. one. So yeah. everybody's excited. But that said, you know, um, I'm, I'm looking at the list here. Uh-huh. Of course, we talked about Holly Holm, uh, Jessica Andrade, Jessica I is moving Jessica up there. Jessica I is one yep. to look out for. She's people. moving up there. You know, and, and now we can start to talk about uh, Amanda Nunez taking on some of these other women mm-hmm. um, and, and building her up there. Uh, Kat well, is still ranked at number one right now. Yeah. For better or for worse. Absolutely. Um, I think she should be. But, um, I mean, you have Ronda Rousey fighting August 1st. Mm-hmm. So now we're at a good spot where you can book a great bantamweight fight on that on the undercard of that, of that oh, event. Oh, you almost have to. Absolutely. Right. Because it's such an important match mm-hmm. that you need to have a backup. Right, um, but you you even book one or two good ones, and for the for the sole purpose of of course, if someone gets injured in the main event, yeah. you, you pull them up there. But also for the purpose of setting up the fight after that fight for Ronda. You know, maybe you put Amanda Nunes versus Jessica I, or you could do so many different things. You know, yeah, to build I would, up a contender. Uh, I would consider. I, was Kat? Uh, I'm trying to remember offhand. Was Kat? Is she dealing with an injury off of the the last? No. She must not have. No, no she should be seconds. fine. Yeah, it was 14 seconds. But uh, you book Cat versus um, Cat versus Amanda on I the undercard. Would, listen. Because, boom, there is your, uh, there's your safety, right? I would love. Something happens to Ronda. God forbid. Cat's and Gano rematch. Wait, Cat versus Betch, you know, maybe for, oh, uh, for interim title. Right, right, if right. something happens to Ronda um, or if something happens to Betch, boom, you got two other contenders there. Boom. You know. Both those, you know, Cat and Bet. Let's want get Sean rematch. Shelby. Sean Shelby, get on the line. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We're doing your job. Um, but no, th- that's a great idea because then you have that, that, that possible, uh, if something falls out, we have that. If not, you're setting up the next fight. Mm-hmm. I would love, 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 love to see Zingano bounce back and get a fight in August. I don't care who she fights. Mm-hmm. Give her someone good. Get, give her whatever. See, yeah, see, that's the But thing. I would love to see her come right back because Cat mm-hmm. Zingano is a woman that had a year off for injury than for personal matters. Mm-hmm. She's had a rough couple years and I think that she probably took this loss super hard. Sure. And she's an amazing fighter and I, I want to see her bounce back. I want to see her For her to fight, fight on that card would be a great blessing and also the opportunity for a re- either either way it gets her back on track. Yes, if I agree. She, if she fights uh uh, Amanda, you mm-hmm. know, and, and does well in that one, then she's back on track right. to, to talk about and the Ronda match. Or if Betch, something happens to Betch, mm-hmm. then you can possibly sli- slip in Kat. And everyone's going to be happy about that. Ronda's going to be right. fine with it. Kat's going to be fine with it. I wonder if, uh, uh, is Misha Tate booked at the moment? Um, I she, don't believe so. Does she have anything going on? Let's take a quick look. Give me a couple of seconds, depending on the AfterBuzz internet connection. Not that you should put all your marbles in one bag <laughs> and throw three top contenders on there. But. No, her last fight was uh, January the win over McBain. Right, yeah. She doesn't have anything booked. But you don't, I don't think you Yeah, do you that. don't put all those big guns on one show. Yeah, well, I mean, with Misha, you don't... Uh, who do you I, have for her to fight? You're I don't think gonna Ronda's do... going to accept that. Leo, no, you... she won't. She won't. Why would you do that when you have Cat versus Amanda as you know right. as, as a better backup? I agree. Um, so let's move on up. Mm-hmm. We have Leonard 
Leonardo Santos versus Tony Martin. Uh, Santos won via rear naked choke in round two. Um, Santos was really finding his range very well from the start of the fight. Mm-hmm. Really landing some, some clean, straight punches. Mm-hmm. And obviously finished it with the rear naked choke. I thought both of them looked good. I was impressed they with did. Tony Martin as well. Yeah. Uh, again, a, a tall, lean guy for that weight class. Uh-huh. It seemed like he was having success coming over the top with straight combos to the head. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see. Um what do we have? I'm trying to remember the uh, the setup here. Uh, a lot of body in the second round. In fact, I gave Martin the uh, uh, the first round there by ten nine. Mm-hmm. Um, the second round, yeah, full mount hooks. Once uh, once Santos got him in on bottom, I remember uh, he had the trip takedown on Martin. Yep, and then worked Beautiful to takedown. work to get the back and the, and the hooks and stuff. Um, yeah, he comes from. Uh, let's see here. Um, Four-time world uh, world BJJ champion. Uh, that's right. Uh, winner in the welterweight division for Tough Brazil too. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a good uh, good performance good match. by him. Yeah, you heard uh, John Anik say as soon as uh, Leonardo Santos got Tony Martin's back, you're like, he's like, oh no, it's over. This guy <laughs> is dangerous on your back. Mm-hmm. So he delivered, and it was quickly over. The Brazilians had a very good night overall. Let's say. Listen to this statistic that you did. Did you count them? Uh, I did, not including, let's see, well, we're, I'm looking here, guys, at red corner, blue corner, and the Brazilians, I think there was only one match, yeah, one match that was Brazilian versus Brazilian. Um, in the red corner, which typically comes out uh, second, and is usually the, the favorite of, uh, the favorite to win, um, <laughs> it was Brazilians across the board in the, in the red corner, except and everybody, one. except for one, well, except technically for two, because the opening match, Bentley Seiler versus Freddie Serrano, there was not a Brazilian involved. That's true. Okay, um, so technically two matches there where was a Brazilian Boliv- didn't win. Yeah, technically two matches, but uh, of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Wow. Actually, you could say eleven matches, although you could say twelve, because one of those matches was Brazilian versus Brazilian. True. <laughs> so either way, you were going to come up there, true. right? Um but so all, a, all of them won except for uh, except for George Oliveira versus uh, Christos. Christos. Christos was the spoiler there. My teammate. I'm so proud. <laughs> I love this statistic. As soon as he came up with it, I was like, bam! The only American to come to Brazil and to win. Now, a lot of these Brazilians train in America mm-hmm. and represent of America, yep. of course. Gilbert so, Burton's is uh, with the Black Zillions. But, um, but the way we did the poll was t- totally more yeah, interesting. I mean, they are all of Brazilian uh, heritage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> that happens. That happened. Next on the card, we have some welterweights, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Eric Silva versus Josh Koscheck. Um, Josh Koscheck, like I said, fighting two fights in 21 days. Yeah. Um, I think this fight was the last on his UFC contract. Um, Silva won via guillotine in round one anyway. Uh, Koscheck looked good in this fight. I hate, this, I, it was so short, so mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I hate saying that, but he looked good. He looked confident. He looked For aggressive. For the time that he was in there, right? For the time that he was in there. He mm-hmm. looked so much better tonight, or last night, I'm sorry, than 21 days ago. Yeah. 22 days ago. He was, uh, you know, I, I think we've seen the best, uh, the best days of Josh Koscheck are probably behind him. Yeah. Um, he was a last-minute replacement for Ben Saunders, who was injured. So, to be fair, you know, Koss, in some ways, um, you know, wasn't ready. But then again, he was – he had peaked not that long ago and, you know, presumably did not uh, – you know, didn't kind of go to pot 
right after that. Right. Um, and I think he wanted to to get the tinge of the the Jake Ellenberger loss off of uh, you know the monkey off of his back. And yeah, so, I you mean, know, it made sense for him to jump in there. Absolutely, that's what that's what you do as a fighter. I mean, yeah. typically when you lose. And you ask anybody. You're ready to fight right after. You're, you're ready, ready for a fourth fight. round, aren't you? You go in the locker room and you're like, yeah. I want a fourth. I, I said it my last fight. To be yeah. honest, I went to the referees. I said, can we do a fourth round? I was kidding, <laughs> but I was serious, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah. You, all you want to do is just keep going because it, yeah. it's your life, you know, it's what you love to do. Yeah. So Josh Koscheck, the same thing. He took this yeah. fight. He was like, yes, I can revenge a loss. Mm-hmm. He looked amazing, but. It was all right. Um, you know, he did get nailed, uh, uh, Silva dropped him at least once, and he rocked him a second time. Yeah. You know, before setting up what was a really great-looking tight guillotine uh, right. against the cage, I believe. Um, jump guard locked mm-hmm. in a guillotine choke. And, yeah, you know. I mean Eric Silva. Eric Silva looked flawless in this in this fight as well. When I say Koshchuk looks amazing, let me rephrase. He looks amazing. His mental state. He looked mm-hmm. in the game. He looked in the zone. Yeah. Not technically. Or ability wise, he just he looked in the zone. He looked mm-hmm. ready to fight. But Eric Silva looked amazing. He looked strong like always, and he, like you said, he dropped him a couple times. Yeah, um, he had the front headlock uh, in the beginning of the first round. I thought he was going to finish it right then and there, mm-hmm. but they got back up. They went to the ground again, the same exact front headlock, and then he finished it with yeah. the guillotine. Cost is kind of in that scenario, uh, like Shayna Baszler. You know, figuring out how how much farther do you go? What do you do next? Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple options floating around for both of them. Like like we talked about earlier, you know, as as a Koscheck or as a Shayna Baszler, uh, Koscheck's 37 years old, and so you say to yourself, okay, I could leave and go to a smaller organization, fight some slightly lower level guys, still mm-hmm. make a career out of this. I don't think that's going to happen. Keep trucking for a couple years, or you stay with the UFC and you say, you know, get me a get me some sort of commentator gig, or yeah. you know, you stay in the game somehow. But you just don't fight anymore, like a Rich Franklin or a Kenny Florian. I'm looking at Costa's record mm-hmm. since 2002. This was his fifth loss in a row wow. since 2002. He's lost to Johnny Hendricks by split decision, TKO to Robbie Lawler, KO Look from... Look at the guys he's fighting. Exactly. Ty, uh, Tyron wow. Woodley, Jake Ellenberger, and Eric Silva. Um, he's wow. acknowledged that this sport is, is, is passing him by. Guys, you know... we. We've talked about this before, and, and you fans know this enough. You've watched enough of this sport to know. It doesn't – nobody stays young forever. You eventually have to step down from the pedestal. And it's the right thing to do for for safety, for your health, right. for your livelihood. Cost certainly still has all his marbles together. Um, Absolutely. You know, and it's hard to justify four, five losses in a row, four of them – by by early finish, you know, geez. But there first is round, first some, round, second round, first hearing round. Hearing what I just heard, there is some justification when you hear split decision loss to Johnny Hendricks, Tyrone yeah. Woodley, you know, well, Jake Ellenberger. Well, two years ago. Yeah, yes. Yeah. No, gr- granted, he's fighting, you know, top guys in the division. And tough guys, brutal yeah. guys almost, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. There is, uh, th- there's got to be another, you know, um, I'm sure he's been Spot thinking about what does he do after, after fighting? Yeah. Well, the way that Dana White was talking in the, in the press conference seemed like he almost had a plan for Koscheck because he said, we'll talk in a couple days. We'll talk in a couple days. And he, he quoted saying, um, I want to push him in the right direction. Right. So I don't know if that's retirement and getting him a job with the UFC or, or mm-hmm. what that direction is, but I'm sure it's, it's something, uh, that Dana White, he has good in mind for, yeah. Josh Koscheck. Yeah. 
Wouldn't be funny if he gave him Burt Watson's job. <laughs> hey, it's open. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's the right guy for it. No. I don't think he has that, that bass in his voice. No, and, be, uh. and being a Burt Watson, <laughs> being a Burt Watson and an ex-fighter, I think as a fighter being that close to the fight, you're yeah, like, you're, you're, you're me way back too in young yeah. for that gig. He's too young. You do that, like, yeah, I don't know. But, hey, I'm just shooting off ideas You here. never know. It's, open, it's an open position. Maybe we can get it for you. Yeah, right. Like they're going to listen to me. Huh. Hey, guys, can we roll now, please? Guys? Hey, where are you going? Hey, when you do your U of MMA way, it's your pretty, you're pretty defiant. He gets on that microphone. He's like, hey, uh, my- hey, <laughs> hey, in his purple shoes and his matching purple shirt. <laughs> guys, check out, uh, yeah, the photos on, on the U of MMA Facebook page. Yeah, you'll see, uh, you'll see. weigh in shots with me and my, uh, my Jimmy Hart megaphone there. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Hart <laughs> megaphone. All right, next, the main event of the evening, another welterweight bout. Damian Maya, ranked number seven, versus Ryan LaFleur, ranked number 14. Damian Maya won via unanimous decision, 48-46. Why do you say was it 48-46? Watch rounds four and five. Mostly round five, I believe. <laughs> um, he got a point deducted. Damian Maya got a point deducted for timidity. Is that what the, the mm-hmm. official term is? Timidity? Um, stalling, stalling or timidity. I don't know that. John called it right after, uh, actually after the round ended. Um, mm-hmm. It was just at the very end. But I think he was in the in the throes of stopping stopping the action and calling uh, calling for the point. And there the was. Point deduction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a he lot of warnings. so many warnings. Yeah, it was audible throughout the telecast. I mean, when, okay, there, there was two things that were happening. Two separate things. One. There was only two things that happened in that entire match, practically. Yeah. One, he was getting. <laughs> Uh, Damien Maya was getting taken down. He was going down willingly and he was staying down uh, for way too long. And John McCarthy was like, get up, get up, you know, and he had to tell him several times. And this is round five. This is round five. To be fair. To be fair. He exhausted, you know, it, it, championship rounds. That's why they call them championship rounds or for champions. You know, it, yeah. they're hard to go th- get through, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's telling him, get up, get up, get up. And he's kind of just like sitting there. And finally, he gets up. Then he was going to his back and pulling guard Big John McCarthy was like, get up, get up, get up. So he was doing a combination of both of those things for the last couple minutes there. Throughout the first four rounds, though, it was all Damian Maya. His takedowns really were on point constantly. Maya and LaFleur. LaFleur didn't look bad with the striking by any means, but um, Maya was taking him down at will and and staying on top of him. I thought LaFleur looked pretty good from bottom. He was constantly in bottom position, but did a pretty good job defending from letting Maya get advance anymore. Right. So, um, but after four rounds of this constantly, I think Maya knew that he had the match uh, in the bag. Yeah, you know, he and, knew he could get that point deduction and still get yeah, the W. And Not it became that he did it on purpose, but he still got the W, and he knew he was going to. Yeah. Um, Damien Maya, a g- great wrestling. I mean, that's what it was, it was basically a wrestling match. He would he would get mm-hmm. better to the ground. He would maintain. Uh, he was in his guard for a little while, but mostly he was in mount, mm-hmm. and he would maintain that mount. Um, LaFleur was wild from the bottom, and Maya was kind, kind of just controlling very well from the top. Yeah. Um, not really uh, transitioning too much for any kind of submission, but just keeping that top control, which is hard mm-hmm. hard in itself. Yeah. And um, obviously, he ended up winning 40... He would have been 49-46 had that point deduction not happened. Right, right. Uh, the performance bonuses, there was four. Uh, Serrano, Burns, Kevin Sosa, and Pepe. Mm-hmm. 
And Amanda Nunes and Eric Silva would be taken care of. They got a little under the table wink from Dana White saying... I think absolutely. Christos as well, really. Absolutely should have. He deserved a bonus as well. I agree, and I'm not just saying that because he's my teammate. I think he did amazing, and... It was an excellent performance. It was fast, too. Yeah. Yeah, he got a double leg and finished it with the rear naked. What Mm -hmm. more could you ask for? Um, Let's talk about some fights coming up real quick before we wrap up. Ronda Rousey versus Betch Cohea, like we said, happening in Early August, August 1st. 1st. Yep. Uh, Aldo versus McGregor. I can't wait to see. <laughs> that press tour happening. Like yeah. I said, guys, I'm on that hype train and I'm riding it to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Uriah Faber versus Frankie Edgar. A little East Coast versus West Coast action going to take place in a neutral territory in the Philippines. Yeah. Uh, first time in the Philippines, right? I, yes, correct. And first then, time for the UFC. Uh Fabio Maldonado versus Rampage Jackson? Yeah, what? you know what? We'll have to... Actually, is that happening? Uh, we have a couple of fight nights, so we'll probably have to get to that uh, next two shows or so. Yeah. But that's we'll there's an interesting storyline there to see if that match actually happens or not. Yes, there is some legal obligations that Rampage needs to take care of prior to that. But yeah. we will see. Guys, uh, Daria B28, I changed my Instagram name to uh, Daria the Jersey Devil. I think it's more suiting than Daria B28. Yeah. I'm the Jersey Devil now, guys. So find me there. JTan? JTan716, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, what's that other one? Facebook. Facebook. And uh, also, uh, Tracy Bauman Lily. Love you. I love you too, Tracy. Who's Tracy? From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. And she came out to. Uh... Was she at the fights? Yeah. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.